So today we are kicking off a brand new series. If you got some notes, wave them at me. If you're in the room and you got some, let me see it, let me see it, let me see it. You're going to want to take. I got a ton of things I want to share that are on my heart over the course of the next, really, I, I don't know how long we're going to go. We'll see how long this, this, this series plays out. I always have some idea, but um, today I'm not quite sure. We'll see. At least for November, we're going to go there. But today's message, I believe, is going to be absolutely life-transforming. And we're going to talk about the, the heart of generosity. We'll get into that in just a minute. But the title of the series is called Living in the Flow. And you'll understand it in just a minute when I explain a little bit. But how many of you have ever um, thought about your money in such a way that when you look back, you've wasted your money on some stupid things. Can I get any honest people in here? How many wasted your money on some stupid stuff? Like you look back and you're like, man, I thought I needed them jeans. Them jeans are terrible. Like <laughs> I thought I needed that car. That car was a piece of junk. Like I thought I needed like whatever it was. We probably have all have things in our life, whether that's clothing, clothing or cars or maybe food or maybe stuff in our house that we were like, I got to have it, I got to have it, and now it sits in one of them junk drawers. Y'all know the junk drawers? Yeah. Everybody's got a junk drawer. Everybody's got that drawer that you're like, we got to clean this out, and we're like, next year. You know, it's like, everybody got that room or that closet that you just, you just put everything in. You got that just because we have all the stuff. We just got all this, this stuff. Now, I want you to imagine, think about all the probably thousands of dollars that you have spent on probably things that you don't use anymore or you just wasted. What if you could get it back? Like, what if you could get all of that money back? I want you to imagine with me for a moment that, that someone came up to you, and they found out how much money you spent on just wasteful things, and they said, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to give all of that money back to you. But here's the catch. I'm going to put it in an account, and you can spend it, but you can only spend it on someone else. That's it. That's the catch. You cannot use it for yourself. You have to spend it on someone else. So imagine that you had an account. Let's, let's just let's go, go ahead and call it the blessed account. Let's say you had thousands of dollars in a blessed account, and the only stipulation was that you had one year, you had to give it all away, that's it, and it can't be on yourself. Now, how many know it starts getting really exciting Really exciting when you start thinking about having all of these resources and that you're just going around. How many know you're all of a sudden now everything looks like opportunity, right? Everywhere you go looks like opportunity. You're walking through Walmart and you're like, who is it today? Who is it today? Who could I bless today? You're going and you're eating out and you, that waitress comes up to you and you realize she's struggling. You're like, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's just, let's, let's bless her socks off. What if... What if we viewed our account right now as a blessed account? How many of you in here, just by a show of hands, if we'll be honest in here, how many of you feel like and know that you are a blessed person? Raise your hand if you feel like you are a blessed person, blessed person. Okay, all right, right. How many of you, okay, it's okay to want this. How many of you in here want to be more blessed? You want to be more blessed? Less hands now. Okay, I don't know. You want to be less blessed? Okay, okay. I mean, double hands? I don't know what's going on. Yeah, I think all of us in, in life want to be blessed. We would even want to be more blessed in our lives. 
And I want to show you what scripture has to say about what it means to be more blessed. Like I realize that I'm a blessed, I realize I'm blessed, but God, I want to be more blessed. So what does that look like? And, and we've got a passage of scripture today we want to look at. It's in Acts chapter 20. And it says this, it says, you should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Okay, this are, these are red letter words. Jesus says this, and everybody help me here. It says, it is, come on, we're going to do it like we really mean it today. It is more blessed. All the people who raise their hand says, that's me. I want to be more blessed. It is more blessed to than to give to than to receive. You serve a God. I serve a God. That is the blessing. Of course, he is what we desire more than anything. But how many of you know you've got a good, good father who wants to bless his children? Now, some of you may not realize that, and we've got to just start there. You have a good, good father that wants to bless you. How many parents in here want your kids to be blessed? Anybody? If you don't, there's something wrong with your parenting. <laughs> of course you want your kids to be blessed. Question, do you want your kids to be more blessed? Do you want them to be more blessed than you? Yes, of course we do. We want the next generation to be more blessed than we are. This is the heart of the Father. He wants his children to be blessed. So we have God who is the blessing. Let me show you how this works. God is the blessing. It says, in order for you to be more blessed, you've got to understand this, that it is better, it is better to give than to receive. Let me, sh let me show you this next slide. Here's, here's how this works. God, our Father, wants to bless you. He wants you to live blessed. He wants you to, 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 to understand that you are blessed. But he doesn't want you to just be blessed. He wants you to be a blessing. He wants to get it to you. But how many know he doesn't want it to stop with you? He wants to get it through you. From God to me, through me to others. And Jesus, red letter said, if you want to live the more blessed You've got to understand it can't stop with you. It's got to go through you. Can I get an amen from this quiet Baptist church in here, all right? <laughs> We're not Baptists, but I just. Listen to me closely. God never blesses you to raise your standard of living. God blesses you to raise your standard of giving. And this is where the world loves, like, yeah, bless me, hashtag blessed. Like, I've got more. People want to be blessed because they want more. They want more. But God's, God's kingdom, his currency was never been, meant to just for you to be blessed. It was always meant for you to be blessed by being a blessing. Now, if we, if we know in here that it is more blessed to give than to receive, question, why is it so hard for us to be generous? Why is it hard for us to be generous? Like, even when you just found out that I'm, like, going to talk about generosity and money, some of y'all, like, your butt just went. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it. You're like, that pastor, that's all. I knew it. I knew it. Y'all brought me to this church, and this pastor just wants my money. I knew it. Like, you're trying to figure out a way if you can go to the bathroom right now. Like, you're trying a way to get out. Let me just go ahead and tell you right now. First off, I don't want your money. I'm not preaching this because I want your money. I'm not preaching this because God wants your money. I'm just telling you that right now. 
But if you look throughout, all throughout Scripture, God is way after more than just our money. And that's where we're, really where we're going to go today. Because, if you want to write this down, point number one is generosity begins in the heart. It begins in the heart. And I'm sorry you've been in environments maybe where there has been churches and they just they, they, they are compelling things to you to try to get you to give and, and, and they're using guilt and they're using all of these strategies to do this. But if you go throughout scripture, scripture is so huge about this because God really is after your heart. Now understand something. We are born selfish. We're born again generous. Watch this. We're born selfish. And I don't even have to even explain this to you because you just know this. Have children, and you will immediately start seeing selfishness flourish to the top. How many of you had to have a teaching training on how to hoard? No, but yet your kids are like, mine, mine. And then they have someone that comes over, and they start playing with that toy, and they throw down their toy, and they throw, grab, grab that toy, and that, that's mine too. And so the kid's like, okay, and the kid goes over there and grabs that toy, and he grabs, no, that's mine too. Like, did you have to teach that? No, you didn't have to teach that. That's, that's in the selfish nature of unregenerated heart that, that we consume with ourselves. Let me show it to you. Oftentimes when we get asked to do something for somebody, the first question we ask is, what's in it for me? That's, that's absolutely the sign of selfishness right there. 101 is the first question we ask is, what's in it for me? What's in it for me? We're always looking out for me and for what I want. And for, it's, it's always self-centered. And this probably happens in your house all the time. You know, people, you know, you've got, got some food and someone's got like their prized, you know, chocolate cake or whatever. And you come home and that cake is gone. You're like, what in the world? That cake was for me. And then you go around your kids and you're like, did you do it? And no, did you do it? And one's got chocolate all over their face. I'm like, Mm-mm, no. Oh, did you want some? <laughs> yeah, I was saving that for me. Like, we are naturally self-centered, and the reason why God is calling us to be generous, to give freely, watch this, is because the number one way to evoke selfishness out of your heart is through generosity. It's the number one way God begins to start pulling the selfishness out of our heart is through generosity. Now, ladies, can I hear from the ladies, the ladies in the room? I want you to listen to me very closely because there is one thing that men over the millennia of time do not share, and that is food. We don't share food. I'm just to let you know right now. If we go to the restaurant and we order our food, that is our food. We ask you, would you like something? We ask you, and you're like, no, that's okay. I'll just have a bite of yours. How many know? No, I just ordered enough for me. I don't need, I don't need you to eat off of mine. If you want it, I'll, I'll buy you two fries. That's fine. You're just not eating mine. Come on, any, every man in the house is like, I ain't saying nothing. No, I, he's way off, babe. No, he's way off. Just letting you know how it goes. Like, I, I, I'm asking you, okay? If you want it, I'm, I'm going to ask you. Now, as we said, generosity is, is something that works the selfishness out of our heart. God is after our heart. Generosity begins in the heart. And I want you to think about how vitally important your heart is. So just as much as your spiritual heart is important to God, 
How many know your physical heart is important to you? If you don't believe me, just have heart issues. Let me show you a little bit. I got a little video here, and I want to show you how, how important the heart is. Because if you know anything about, about how the heart works, the heart is, is a vital, vital organ. It's not the biggest organ, but it's one of the most important ones. And, and the way that the heart works is that blood flows through the heart. Now, I have a lot of experience, of course, with our son because he's got a lung disease, but he's got heart issues because of it. And what ends up happening is over the course of time, fat and plaque and all of the stuff starts building up into the arteries, into those veins, and the blood cannot pass through it. And so eventually what ends up happening is if your artery gets clogged enough, you have a heart attack, a heart attack. This is huge. And so you start getting scarring in certain areas of your heart because, because the blood can't flow anymore. Blood and oxygen can't flow. Your heart was designed to take blood and oxygen in and take blood and oxygen out. It's how you have blood in your brains, have blood all throughout your body. It's so vitally important for you to have a life-giving life and to have strength and have energy is that blood has to flow. The moment it stops flowing is the moment you start dying. And just as much as your physical heart is key to your life, I mean, no, your spiritual heart is just as much important for your spiritual life. And what we end up having in our lives spiritually, this is huge, this is a serious thing. In our country, one out of four people have a heart attack. One out of four. I mean, if we were just going in this room, that would be dozens of y'all in this room. Some of y'all maybe have already had one. This is such a serious thing in the nation. How I many know it's a really serious thing in Louisiana? Y'all know why? Popeyes, yes. Boudin King, all that stuff, okay? All right. Some of you are like, well, I'll just go to heaven early, but I'm going to at least have good taste on my mouth, you know? But just as much as this is a serious thing in our country, this is a serious thing in God's church because we're not being generous, there's a blockage. And the heart is the biggest muscle, or not the biggest muscle, but it is the most important. Let me show you. Proverbs 4.23 says it this way. Above all else, guard your heart. Watch this. This is huge. Because for everything you do, Say it again. Everything you do, come on one more time. Everything you do flows from it. And God knows that all it's got to take is some crisis, some trials, some hurts, something that can begin to impact your heart for it not to be able to flow. And so that's why I've I've titled this message today, Don't Stop the Flow. Just as much as blood and oxygen has to flow through your natural heart to give your, your, your body life, I mean, no, generosity and grace and forgiveness and love has to flow through your spiritual heart for your spiritual life to have life. Let me show it to you. If you don't believe me, go to Deuteronomy chapter 15. It says this in Deuteronomy 15, verse 7 and 8. But if there are any poor Israelites in your town when you arrive in the land, the Lord your God is what? Giving you. So God has given you this land. Notice, I want you to notice the flow. God gives it to you, okay? 
there's any poor that come into this land that God has given you, don't be. Nobody wanted to say that one right there. Don't be hard-hearted. Or, you know that illustration I get? That's that one right there. Don't be tight-fisted toward them. Instead, be generous and lend them whatever they need. Watch this, watch this. Your heart and your hands are tied together. Hard heart, tight fist. Hey, let me ask you this. How hard is it to give like this? Very hard. Very hard. Have you ever seen someone try to be generous and they're like, Like, it's, it's incredibly difficult to do it. You're like, well, I'm Pastor Josh. I'm not, I'm not tight-fisted, dude. I'm not. How's your flow? How's your flow? It's huge here. How's your flow? God, God wants us to live like this. But oftentimes we can, get like, we can get like this. And you know why? Because God doesn't have a problem with you having money. Like, y'all know, like, God doesn't have a money problem. Like, God's not up in, the, up in heaven freaking out like, we don't got enough gold for the streets. <laughs> like, 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 let's really think through this. Why does God want you to be generous and give? Is it because he's lacking? Is it because he doesn't have enough cows on the thaddle, cattle of a thousand hills? Is it, is it because he doesn't have enough gold in the streets? I mean, his gates are pearls. So why is God calling us? To model and mimic what his son Jesus was, for God so loved the world that he gave. Why is this such a big deal? Why is, it, why is he going, don't be hard-hearted, don't be tight-fisted, man, make sure that you're generous. It's because God doesn't have a problem with you having money. He has a problem with money having you. Because he's not after your money, he's after your heart. God doesn't need anything from you and me. He just wants you and me, he wants our hearts. Come on, look at your neighbor next to, the, next to you. Tell, tell him, how's your flow? Tell him, how's your flow? How's your flow? Well, this is what we're going to do. We're going to turn this sanctuary into a doctor's office. Welcome to Dr. Belt's office. We're putting you on the table. We're going to do an eco, echocardiogram. We're going to find out how's your flow. How's your flow? This is a huge part, and so I, I want, in order for us to determine how our flow is, we need to define what generosity is. What is it, what it's not? Because I think some people have some very miscued understanding of what generosity is, and, and so today, in our doctor's room, we're gonna, we're gonna discuss what it actually is. So if you take a note, I want you to write this first thing down. What, what is generosity? Generosity is not emotional, but it has an emotion. Okay, generosity is not like, man, if I just see enough pictures of, you know, orphan children, then 
I'm going to, going to give. If I, just, if I just get inspired enough, then I'm going to be generous. Or if I just hear enough sad stories, then I'm going to be generous. It's okay to be moved by those things, but generosity isn't only whenever I'm moved by those things. Because people who are truly generous are not driven by generosity just because of inspiration or guilt. I don't know if you've watched any other, any, any kind of televangelist TV where they're like, you know, they're preaching up and you know they're preaching because they are just coming after your wallet. They're like, I'm in, I'm in Psalms 33 verse 3 and I've got a 33-3 word. If you will sow $333 to my ministry, you will be blessed 333 times. Actually, 100 times, 333 times. Come on, can I get an amen from somebody in the crowd? Like... What? What? I've got some anointing oil right here. I will send to you. It's better than Lysol. It's better than, you know, it's like, what? What are you talking about? You sold this $333, all your debts will be canceled. You won't. I'm like, I like watching that stuff just because it makes me laugh, to be honest with you. It really does. But if you're, like, motivated, like, if you've got to be motivated that way, or if you've got to be guilt-driven that way, that's not generosity. That's shame. Jesus doesn't preach shame. Y'all know, oh, God, I'll save this for a little bit. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. There are 500 scriptures that talk about prayer. In all of the scriptures, there's 500 plus scriptures on faith all throughout scriptures. Do you know how many there are on generosity? Over 2,000. Over one out of every four um, parable that Jesus did was about money. Like 25% of his preaching was about Stewardship and generosity and how we handle money. And watch, watch this. And he never picked up an offering. He never was like, guys, listen, I just need y'all to be generous. We want to add that right wing over there on the sanctuary, man. It just help us a whole lot if we can just ride there. You know, he, was, he wasn't like, yeah, you need to get generous, you know, so I can get me a donkey and a good old chariot. Man, I could make this, you know, I could spread this gospel really good if you got me a good chariot. Like some of y'all, like, he never did that. You know why? Because Jesus was after the heart. He's after our hearts. This is why he talks about it so much all throughout the scriptures is he's, is he's trying to get to our hearts. Look what 2 uh, Corinthians 9, 6 through 7 says this. Everybody help me with this. It says this. It says a what? A stingy sower. You right? Here's a visual of a stingy. Okay? That's it right there. All right? Stingy sower will reap a meager harvest. So they do reap something. It's just not what it could be. But the one who sows from a what? A generous spirit, open-handed, soft-hearted, will reap an abundant harvest. Now watch, it goes on and it says this. Let giving flow. Let it flow from your heart. From your heart. 
Not, this is huge for every person here that felt guilty that they had to give something in church. Like if you didn't give in church, God was going to be mad at you. No, don't do it from a sense of religious duty. Don't do it because you have to. Do it because you want to. Let it spring up freely. Here we go. From the, from the joy of giving. All because, and here's why we do this. All because God loves a hilarious generosity. A hilarious generosity. The most miserable people I know are some of the most stingiest people I know. And some of the most stingiest people I know are some who have the most money. I've had opportunities, of course, to travel and go into, go into third world countries and watch kids who literally just had a water bottle and are the most joyful kids you would ever experience. I've had people that have lived in huts that have been more generous to me than people who lived in mansions. Why? Because generosity is about the heart. And Paul is encouraging the Corinthian church to let them know, don't be stingy, be generous, but let it flow from your heart. Because how I many you know it's impossible to be generous and not have joy? Now, you can give and not have joy, but it's impossible to be generous and not have joy. Let me prove it to you. So in a couple of weeks, we got Thanksgiving coming up. How many are ready for Thanksgiving? How many are ready for Thanksgiving? All right, listen. This is how Thanksgiving works. Watch. You got two types of people on Thanksgiving. Ready? You've got the cookers. Who's the cookers? If you're the cookers in here, raise your hand. You're the, your hand. Okay, okay. All the, come on, keep your hand up. You're the cookers. We need to honor y'all. Thank y'all so much for what you do, okay? All right? If your kids didn't tell you, thank you, I am. All right? Thank you. And then number two, you got the eaters. Who's that in here? Okay? The consumers. All right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My contribution is, is it ready yet? Uh, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I fry the turkey. That's a part of what my responsibility is. And then Lindsay this year said, hey, we're buying all that. And I'm like, praise the Lord. Okay, so. So we got the cookers and we've got the consumers. Watch. Now, I don't know if you've ever been around, you've been in the kitchen with someone who's a cooker, especially on Thanksgiving Day. There is so much, there is so much time, attention, love, I mean, so much is poured into that pecan pie right there, you know? That, that, that fried turkey, that ham, come on, that stuffing, that cornbread dressing, oh my God, glory, all right? I mean, it's just amazing, and you watch them, they're whipping this stuff up, and, they're, and, they, and then they bring it, everything gets all to the table, and so you're rounding everybody up, all right, y'all, 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 it's time to eat, it's time to eat, come on, let's bless the food, we bless the food. And then after you bless the food, those people who cook, they're not eating. They're watching. They're watching, right? You're watching. And you're you waiting for them to do this. And you just. <laughs> and then they put, that, they put that bite in there. And you're like. <laughs> it's good, isn't it? Mama, come on, mama. I want to slap my mama. That's so good. Man, how do you outdo yourself every and then mama's like, <laughs> my boy, my boy, right? Like, who gets the joy out of it? Not the consumer, the cooker. The cooker. Unless they've been in there way too long and they're like, y'all deal with y'all self. Okay, I'm done with y'all. But isn't it true? Like, like, if you have kids, like, it was great to receive presents in Christmas, but 
But if you got kids now, you're, you're more excited to see them open it than you are to open your own. You don't even really care at the point if you even get any because it's more, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So generosity is not emotional, but it does have a, an emotion, and the emotion is joy. I love going to, to, to restaurants and tipping a waiter or waitress way more than they think. And then I love just sitting back and I love them going off, you know, thank you, sir. And they go off and then you see them like count it. And then you, you see them like turn around and I just like. <laughs> like that's fun. That is fun. I went to Walmart the other day with Josiah's lady here in our church. I pulled up to the, to the checkout. She's checking out. I spooked her because that's what I do, spook people. Pass it down. Almost did the heart attack thing right there. Loved on her for a moment. She went to pay. I stuck my card in. Stuck my card out. Pastor Josh, you didn't have to do that. No, I want to do that. I want to find ways. And I'm not saying this to brag on myself. I'm saying this because there's nothing more fun than when you get to this level. Now, you're going to have to live in such a way to order, in order to do this. And I'll get into that in the weeks to come. But we first got to just deal with the heart that I want. We've got to live with a place of I want to be a blessing, which actually leads to number two, that generosity is not just emotional, but it has an emotion. But number two, generosity is not about the money. It's about the motive. It's about the motive. Look with me in Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, verse 41 through 46 says this. Now watch this. Jesus sat down near the collection box. In the temple, that's, that's the giving box. It's like our black box is back there in the back. Jesus sat right back there and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Now, first off, could you just imagine that Jesus was in here watching you as those offering baskets? <laughs> Jesus was like, and you're like, 100, 1,000. All right. <laughs> Not enough. 2,000, okay, like, like Jesus is watching them drop their money. He's watching them putting things into the offering. Many rich people put in large amounts. And I can only imagine that maybe some of these rich people walked in and go, is that the Messiah? Is that the, that's the Messiah. Hey, baby, 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 bring out the checkbook, bring out the checkbook, bring out the checkbook. Watch it, watch this, watch this. And just begin to write out some large amount and then just strolled over. Bam. You're welcome. You're welcome. And watch. So then a poor widow came. And she can imagine with all that she has, drops in two small coins most theologians believe this is to amount of a penny. Thousands and a lady with a penny. And Jesus called his disciples to him. Now notice, so he's watching all of this stuff and he calls all of his guys, his, his close guys that are with him. He says, hey guys, come here, come here, come here, come here. I need to tell you something. I need to tell you the truth. That poor woman has given what? 
is given more than all the others who are making contributions. What? What are you talking about? I know how much that, those guys dropped in there. That woman gave barely nothing. He says this. For, go to the next verse. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. But she, poor as she is, has given, everybody, help me. Come on, say it again. Has given everything she had to live on. You know, when we give, oftentimes, whether we know it or not, when we give, there sometimes can be an expectation to get. And so when we give, we wouldn't say this out loud, but I think in our hearts we can say, God, show me the money. Show me the money. You saw what I just did. Show me the money. And you know what God says? Show me the motive. Show me the motive. We don't give to get. We give to give. A lot of people, their, their giving is, is attached to the heart. They, they fail to realize this. So let me just say this by the, because I think this needs to be said. Never judge generosity by the amount. Because you never know if someone's really being generous or not. Oh, man, that is generous. You don't know. It could just be a small part of their surplus where this widow gave everything she had. So whether it's one pity or one million, God does not look at the amount. He's not concerned with the amount as much as he's concerned with the heart. Are y'all with me today? I'm telling you, God's going, listen, God's going after our heart. He's going after our heart. And the way he goes after our heart is he goes after our money. Why? Because where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Don't believe me? Put money in a stock and watch how you download that app to make sure you track that stock. Why? Because your money's now in it. If your money wasn't in it, you could care less about it. But the fact that your money's in it now, your heart's in it now. You want to know where your heart is? Just open up your checkbook. Just open up your checking app. You can find out real quickly where it's at. The widow gave the most. And think about this. Jesus didn't even tell her. He told his guys, I would have at least gone to the woman and go, I just want you to know I'm proud of you. All right? Like, right? He didn't even tell her. Watch. Because she walked away thinking that she barely even gave anything, not realizing that she just made the biggest gift. Could it be that there's times we're being generous where nobody sees, but God sees and he says, you just gave the biggest gift. You gave the biggest one. Generosity is not about an amount. It's about the attitude of our heart. And number three, this one's huge. Generosity is not for rich people. It's for all people. It's not for rich people. It's for all people. I know how it is. Well, if I had as much money as they had, then I would be, giving, I would be generous too. No, you wouldn't. Because you can't be generous with your $10. You ain't going to be generous with $10,000. I'm just telling you right now. Remember a story of a guy, he came up to his pastor and he, was, he, was, he said, Pastor, I just want you to know, man, I'm just really, really having a hard time. He said, well, explain to me, what's, what are you having a hard time with? He said, man, when I made $20,000 a year, it was just so easy for me to be generous. I just, I always gave all the time. He said, now I'm making $200,000 a year and I find that it's just really, really hard to give money. 
can you pray for me? The pastor was like, yeah, I mean, I can pray for you. Let's pray. He said, Father, I pray right now that you bring this guy back to $20,000. I mean, I don't, I don't receive that prayer. Look what 1 Timothy 6 says this. Teach those who are. Hey, that's you and me. Hey, Pastor Josh, you don't know. I NSF this week. I didn't have enough money in my account to pay my bills. You're rich. You don't believe me? <laughs> if you earn $25,000 a year, you're in the top 10% of world income earners. If you earn $50,000 or more annually, you're in the top 1% of the world's income earners. Most Americans don't feel rich, and we are. Watch this. And most Americans think they're generous, and they're not. Pastor Josh, how do you say that? Because statistically, the average American gives 2.8 of their, of their income away. 2.8. We, we don't think we're rich, and we actually are. We think we're more generous than we are, but we're actually not. And God's going, listen, generosity is not just for rich people. It's not just for people who have an abundance of, of resources. It's for all people. And Paul is going after the church, and he's telling Timothy, his, his spiritual son, hey, listen, teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their, which is so unreliable. Trust, their trust should be in, in God, who richly, what does he do? He richly gives us all we, all we need for our what? There's that word, joy. God wants you to enjoy. There's nothing wrong with having a great house. There's nothing wrong with having a boat. There's nothing wrong with having any of those things. There's nothing wrong at all. God has given us great food to enjoy. He's given us great relationships and resources and homes to enjoy. He wants you to enjoy them. He just doesn't want them to master you. Tell them to use their money to do good, that they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Watch how this wraps up. Always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. Now, let me show you how this is Countercultural to kingdom. Culture says that in order for you to experience the true life, the good life, the blessed life, save, keep, store up. There's nothing wrong with savings. We'll get in that into the years to come. I mean, in the years, yeah, we'll get in that years to come, probably too, in the weeks to come. Not necessarily anything wrong with that, but if we're just storing up for what's in it for me? The Bible says that's not the true life. Notice here it says that when you're generous and willing to share, you're storing up treasure in a place that can't ever be taken. Now this seems weird because when I give money away, I don't get more, I lose. I mean, no, when you give it away, you didn't, 
like, I, I don't have it anymore. And God says, listen, when you give it away with the right heart, with the right motive, with the right, with the right desire to honor me, to be a blessing to those, I keep track. I keep track. So stop thinking that you have to be rich to be generous. You don't. You don't. And stop thinking that generosity just has to do with money. Billy Graham was once asked this by, by a reporter. They asked Billy Graham, and they said, Billy Graham, how often do you talk about giving? And he told the reporter, every week. The reporter was like, you talk about giving money every week? He said, oh, wait, hold up. You said giving, you didn't say money. See, because I talk about giving every week because you can't experience all that God has unless you talk about giving. God is a giver. You can't talk about salvation without talking about giving. I mean, no, you can't talk about grace without talking about giving. You can't talk about forgiveness without talking about giving. Everything that God does is he gives. This is who he is. The money is the secondary thing. That's the secondary thing because he's primarily going after our hearts. So I want to issue a challenge to us as a church. Here's my challenge. You can take it or not. But I want to issue every person in our church, all those that are watching online, I want us over the next month or so to do three random acts of kindness. Be generous in some way. Extra tip somebody. Pay for somebody's food behind you. Take, take a shift for an employee or for a coworker. Serve someone in your house. It doesn't even have to be money. And the reason why I'm challenging us to do this is because, because generosity, you have to practice. How many know stinginess kind of comes natural, but generosity, you've got to train. You've got to train your heart, yourself to do this. This made me think, man, I wanted to take my family out to, to lunch today, um, and I, did, I totally forgot my wallet. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to take them out, but I don't know. I don't Babe, I don't think we're going to be able to go out today. What? Oh, what? A hundred? Caleb, come here, man. He gave me a hundred dollars. Come here, man. Come here, come here, come here, come here. Come on, y'all give it up for Caleb. Caleb, you're, you're so generous. Come over here. Now, did you grieve when you gave that to me? Were you mad when you gave that to me? Why were you not? Why would you really not? Because I gave it to you before service. <laughs> now, there is an element of that is true. He could have been like, well, he told me to give it to him, but I am not. But he came, up here, he, came up here, he came up here and gave it to me anyways. So the reason why it was a little less hard for him to give is because it wasn't his in the first place. I gave it to him, and so when I asked for it, it's easy because it's mine. It's mine. Now, I'm going to give it back to you because you're obedient to that, but I'm going to give you an option. You get an opportunity now to pick anybody in the crowd and give it away to if you so desire. Find somebody. TJ, you know Find somebody. better than I do, so. No, I'm, nope, this is you, bro. <laughs> Holy Spirit, show him. I mean, they'll start putting hands up if they need to. I mean, anybody need a blessing? 
Does anybody need a blessing right now? This is your moment. Right there. Huh? Anybody need it? Go find somebody. Bring them up here. Hurry, 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 hurry. Give it to them. Give it to them. Call them. Call them up. Call them up. Call them up. Call them up. Come on. Hurry up. Hurry up. All right. I want you to give it to them. Are you blessed? Yes. You blessed? Okay. So, so you want to, so you can take that. You want to take it. You want to double it. And you want to bless somebody else with it. Okay. All right. Point them out. Point them out. Who you want to do? Point them out. James Reagan, come on up here right now. Come on, James. Come on, James. Come on, come on, come on, come on. There we go. Now we got some. We got, we got more here. All right, you got that. Nope, it's all yours. All right, it's there. Come on. Why did you want to do that? Because he's having surgery. He's having surgery. He's coming, uh, coming up having surgery. He got a heart to do that. Okay, all right. Now, here's what I want you to understand, though. Because you've been generous, and because you've been generous, I mean, God loves generous people, and so he continues to do ways to be generous. Now, watch, this is huge here. Part of the reason of giving generously is when you begin to understand it's not mine, I'm a manager and a steward, not an owner. Right? The Bible says everything is the Lord's and all that is within it. But I am not, I'm not super concerned about what these two guys did with their money. But as God, I would be concerned about what he did with it. Because he's been so blessed with it. But because he was faithful to give it away and for the blessing to flow to him and then through him and then through him. How do you know? He didn't know that his money would bless James. Y'all tracking here? James, did you know that? No, you didn't know that either. Okay, just want to make sure everybody knows they weren't in on this, okay? This was the only guy that was in on it, all right? But because, but because you have been faithful, the Bible says he who is faithful with little will be entrusted with more. So there's 100, and there's 200, and there's 300, and there's 400, and there's 500. And so you guys get the opportunity I mean, if y'all don't want it, I mean, look, dear God. I want you to see this, though, here. Because, because he's been faithful to let it flow through him, God says, I can trust this one. I can trust this one. Because if I can get it to him, he doesn't let it stop with him. He lets it go through him. And if he, he doesn't stop with him, I'll make sure that he's got an endless supply to make sure everything he needs is taken care of. Y'all get this? Come on, y'all give it up for these guys. Love y'all. I mean, no, we got, a, we got a God who has an endless supply. What if we understood now that we have a blessed account? What if we knew it? We have a blessed account. Which, by the way, let me just pause and just say this. That was not the church's money. That was mine. I didn't take from this, you know, let's get the offering. Y'all do the offering first so I can take some money out and give it. I didn't do that. I didn't do that. While I was preparing for this sermon and for this series, God told me, you're going to model it. 
you're going to model it. Lindsay and I have been saving. We've been saving for something that we need. And God told me, give it away. Start giving it away. I've got two services of this, so I've got a lot more than I've got to give away. Y'all pray for a brother because I'm thinking about pulling this illustration out for the second service. <laughs> Lindsay's like, no more. Please, no more. But when I know I've got an endless supply, like I just trust the Lord. I just trust the Lord. And I pray that you would hear my heart here. God doesn't want anything from you. He wants you. God is all about declogging that hard heart. And generosity is the way that we go about doing it. And we're not doing a second offering, okay? I'm not like, okay, guys, let's go around again. We're not doing that. Because I want you to hear my heart. I want you to hear God's word. I want you to hear his heart. How many of you are grateful that we, we serve a God who's not self-centered, but he's other-centered? How many of you know God is, is, has been so, so good to you and I when it comes to his flow of generosity, when it comes to his flow of blessing, when it comes to his flow of forgiveness. Come on, anybody in here been forgiven more than once? Anybody received grace more than once? Anybody received God's blessing and touch on your life more than once? Anybody been healed by God more than once? Did he ask anything from you for that? He wanted to just give it to you. He wanted to just give it to you. And I pray that today that you would walk out of here just going, you know what, I am blessed. Maybe I'm having a hard time with my bills. Maybe I don't have enough in my account like I really want to. But God, I'm going to be a blessing. Not just in money, but God, in my motive. In everything that I do, I'm going to live open-handed, God. I'm going to live open-handed. God, if you can get it to me, God, help it get it through me. God, help me. Because there's joy. God wants your joy. There's joy on the side of that. It gets fun. It becomes hilarious generosity. Like when I give that money away, I'm like, <laughs> can we be honest here for a moment there? You're hilarious. You're hilarious. Father, we love you. God, we love you. We love you. God, we're so grateful today that everything we have is because of you. The fact that we woke up this morning with breath in our lungs is because of you. The fact that we drove here today in a car is because of you. The fact that we have the job that we have today is because of you. The fact that we have salvation today and we know that we're chosen, loved, and adopted is because of you. The fact that we are forgiven people is because of you. The fact that we can walk with the grace and the power of the Holy Spirit is because the gift of the Holy Spirit you have given to us. And today, today, I pray that you would soften the areas of people's hearts where there's been plaque and buildup, stinginess and hurt that has caused your people to close their fists. God, by your grace and your mercy, would you begin to open those? God, my heart is yours. My life is yours. My marriage and family is yours. My resources are yours. My time is yours. God, everything is yours. So today, I want us in this moment, as we're praying, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit this question right here. Here's the question. 
Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Just ask him that right now. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? And I believe right now he's going to begin to start speaking to you. He'll start revealing things maybe in your heart. Maybe for some of you, you've been doing things under the radar that nobody sees, and he just wants you to know how proud he is of you. So many of you in this church do live this way. You do live this way. And I pray that you would just even be more blessed. Not so you can have more, so that you can be more. With all heads bowed right now, the most generous and gracious thing that God has ever given us was the gift of salvation. He gave his life, way more than money, he gave his life. Today, he doesn't want anything from you but everything. He doesn't want anything from you but everything. He wants it all. And if you're here in this room and you've never given your heart fully to Jesus, you've never fully surrendered your life to him, the great, the generous God that he is, he's inviting you into relationship today. And today, even on a day when we talk about money and generosity, I believe God is way more after your heart than he is anything else. God doesn't want you just to have a blessed wallet. He wants you to have a blessed life. And he knows that you can't have that life apart from him. If you're here in this room, you say, man, today I want to surrender my life to Jesus. I want to give him my heart. On the count of three, I want you to shoot your hands up unashamedly and say, Pastor Josh, that's me. One, two, three. If that's you, anybody that's in this room, come on, shoot your hands up. Thank you. Right over there. Anybody else? Anybody else? Pastor Josh, that's me. That's me. Now, would you just pray this right alongside with me? Everybody in this room, would you say this? Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe that you faced hell for me so that I wouldn't have to go. And you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today I turn from my sin, and I place you as my Lord and Savior to be born again. I may have been born selfish, but from this moment on, I'm born again generous. Put your spirit inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen.